here. We're back. We're here. We're back in season three. We're almost at the end. We're fucking getting there. We're so close. This is the luck we had. It's a shameless recap podcast. I'm one of your hosts. My name is Amanda. I'm Evan. I'm one of your other hosts. I'm Lena. I'm your third host. There's three of us. We like to yell about shameless and that's what this fucking podcast is. Was there some- I can't remember if there's something I want- oh- uh cameron is booked and busy cameron is booked and busy. in other in shameless news cameron is booked and busy he's got like three or four projects lined up right now he's killing the game good for him and we were all talking not we were all me and Evan, <laughs> yeah. the other day we're talking about how emma kenny is very beautiful and um she posted some photos and we were like wow i want to kiss her on the cheek I think Shinola has at least one other project going mm-hmm. on right now. She too. does. She, I think she has a show and a movie, or she just had a movie that came out, but then she also has a show lined up with a bunch of other cool I women. saw that. She was in that Lifetime movie. I saw someone review it. Um, They said it was bad. <laughs> well, I know that oh. she did a, a net, maybe it was a Netflix original with like Dermot Mulroney. Like she reunited with him, which was pretty cool. Cause it was like, okay, Sean, like, hey. <laughs> And then Emmy's out here being a mom, just doing mom things. Ethan, Ethan just released a new song or something because people were like, people were like making fun of his music because they were like, your voice sucks, your music sucks, whatever. And he was like, I was going to quit music, but then I just decided to work really hard and like take vocal lessons. So I think he's coming out with a new song. I haven't listened to it. I didn't listen to the other ones. I didn't even. Yeah, I didn't listen to the other ones. But I appreciate that attitude. I like that attitude from him. Yeah, no, Shamey fans expect too much. I feel like they expect a lot out of him. And he's like, just a fucking kid. Well, he's like 21, but like still. Dude, he's literally like the same age as my brother. I don't expect any more from him than I expect from my brother. Him and Emma are both 99 babies. Their birthdays are like in like August and September, I think. Yeah, so is my brother. My brother's in August. Oh my god, your brother is Ethan. August baby. And then Noel's wife, Layla, was in the new season of Lucifer for an episode. (gasps) Good for her. Oh, I did see something about that as well. Noel. Yeah, I was going to say radio silence from Noel. Uh, no, I was I was like, now that he's not contractually obligated to be on social media, that motherfucker is ghost. Ghost. He is gone. Yeah, he said goodbye. He did his promos. He posted all the selfies he <laughs> needed to. And then he said goodbye. He posted all the time. He was tweeting all the time. And now he's like, I'm gone. I bet he's like one of those like grown man camera rolls that is only like 50 photos. Yeah. <laughs> Well, if you saw this, the when him and Cameron, like, before season 10 went on, the Lily- She's such a um, terrible interviewer. Superwoman. Yeah. Well, her show got canceled, but she had a late night show. She's bad at interviewing, so. Oh, yeah, their fucking interview. That was such a bad fucking yeah. episode. <laughs> uh, well, I watched the interview, and they were, like, talking, and Cameron was like, Noel took all the notifications off his phone. It takes him like legitimately a year to respond to texts. <laughs> like, like he, like he is absolutely. His phone is just like a brick. I literally turned off all the notifications. I feel like Noel Fisher and Misha Collins would get along. I don't know why, but I feel like their energy. No, because I feel like Misha. Well, maybe. I mean, Misha's like very Leo yeah. energy. Misha's like can't help being a Leo, but um, <laughs> Noel is like. I don't know. I can't get a read on I, him. I don't know who he is. I literally, like, I feel like... Genuinely, I'm like, this man is always playing a part. <laughs> <laughs> like, I know how he is in interviews, but it seems like I'm like, where's the personality? Where's the character trait? It feels... Yeah. 
Dilf Cameron? Dilf Cameron. Dilf he is Cameron. entering his Dilf era. <laughs> and he's not even a dad. He's doing the beefy era, but the muscles are showing. Yeah. I'm gonna be honest. He worked his way back into my good graces. Truly. What a care what a rising arc for you from the beginning of you joining this podcast to right now. Literally the the Cameron slander that we used to do. <laughs> Here's the thing. I do think he's pretentious. So. He is oh, pretentious. One million percent. I think he's allowed to be though. I think he's kind of earned that. But we we kind of forget sometimes that he was a legitimate child. Like he was he was yeah, like a Malcolm in the he's middle. He's a child yeah. actor. Malcolm in the middle. Like he yeah. he's he's been in the industry. Like, that was his whole livelihood, especially because, like, it wasn't even, like, his parents forced him into it. Like, his mom was a single mom, and she enrolled him in theater classes because she was, like, he really, he, he was, like, can't help being a Leo. <laughs> he was staring in the mirror too much. If his worst trait is that he's, like, the guy with the acoustic guitar at the party, whatever. You're a little pretentious, and that's, that's fine. That's fine, because he's, he's not hurting anybody. Well, like, the beefing with fans on Twitter... Is so funny. He deserves credit for that. You know what, though? It is funny, and also his fans are annoying. His beefing is never malicious. It's always pretentious. Like, Jared Padalecki's is malicious. Right. Cameron's is Ooh, yeah. pretentious. Yeah. Well, and people are like, why are you interacting with him? And it's like, I think he deserves to have a little fun and respond to them. Yeah. Honestly. He, and people forget he's literally a grown ass man. Yeah. If I was a grown ass adult and all of these little teenage girls and boys were like hopping in my DMs and in my notifications beefing with me, I would respond too because I would be like, because it's, I, what did I do to deserve this? It's new shameless fans and Gotham fans. So it's yeah. like they don't know who he is. They don't know who Cameron is. They don't understand. They don't him. understand him. <laughs> Cameron be like, can't help being a Leo. Because <laughs> I understand. I'm also Leo. Can't help being Leo. I just thought we should give a little update on the Shameless cast, what they're up to. The show's not dead. I mean, it's dead, but like the cast isn't dead. And you love to see it. We love that. We love an update. And then we're going to jump in. We're in the back half. We're in like the tail end of season three. We're fucking getting there. We're so close. The back third. The back third. <laughs> we're, we're three episodes left in season three. We're on episode 10, Civil Wrongs. It's a good episode. It's a good one. Mm -hmm. This aired on March 24th, 2013. It was written, it is the last of five episodes of Shameless that Mike O'Malley writes. Bert Hummel himself. Bye-bye. <laughs> Goodbye, flop. <laughs> Kidding. He wrote some great episodes, but still. We were just talking about how we we big beef with Mike O'Malley because of that fucking commentary he made about the Milkoviches. Yeah. Big we beef. enjoy... We enjoy his episodes, but we don't enjoy his, his presence. views. His presence. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, Burt Hummel's pretty fun, but this isn't about Burt Hummel. This is about Shameless. This is about yeah. Shameless. Uh, he's an actor in a thousand things, and he wrote episodes 106, uh, Killer Carl, 202, Summer Loving, 208, Parenthood, 304, The Helpful Gallagher's, and this one. Bye-bye, Mike O'Malley. And then it was directed by Gary B. Goldman. This is one of two, just two epi shameless episodes this guy ends up directing. Uh, the other one is 407, A Jailbird, An Invalid, Martyr, Cutter, R-Word, and Parasitic Twin. That's a really good episode. Mm -hmm. I love It's a great episode. episode. I just beef with the title. I, I've never liked it. I know, but it's like Shameless has never been really sensitive towards that anyway yeah. so yeah. what else can we expect this guy also directed on shows like house of lies and animal kingdom which is coming back i thought it got canceled but it is coming back oh and shit i recommend it it's a good show and he also produced entourage so that's the vibe we got going on with this Ugh, guy not entourage <laughs> entourage the show that all the 
18 to 24 year old frat guys they love not gonna lie i binge it every men. once in a while but i've I, you never know, seen it blake anderson did like a weird little stunt cast in that like he appears as some dude it's worth binging like knowing that it's about trash people because some of the performances are like are fun to watch i just wish it was like one of those shows that are about trash people that are made by good people because for some reason entourage to me feels like it's a show about bad people made by bad people yeah yeah mm. yeah so i just wish i could feel good about finding it entertaining because it was made by good people quote unquote i don't know always sunny's been in some hot water lately too with the cast but whatever it is what it is this is about shameless this is about shameless <laughs> uh so yeah this is season three episode 10 the synopsis while fiona's job has brought structure into her life things fall apart when jimmy drops a bomb on her Frank enjoys his newfound celebrity as the face of the gay rights movement. The previously on was done by Lip and Mandy in the backyard van. Love it. Love them. And previously on Shameless, Jimmy's stolen car got stolen back from the guy he stole it from. Uh, <laughs> Frank became a gay rights icon and Bradley Whitford scooped him up uh, as like a representative. Mickey is getting married and Ian and Mickey had a fight about it. Like Mickey beat the shit out of Ian about it. Fiona has a temp job with a cute and charming boss, Mike. Lip broke up with Karen and then Mandy hit Karen with her car. Beep, beep, motherfucker. So true. Then we get the title sequence. Uh, and then we start on Fiona in her nice... And in the last episode, she was wearing, like, the dress you'd wear to a Coke orgy. And in this one, she's got nice, like, work-appropriate office clothes that she's putting on in the morning. I love her. She's trying to get the boys and Debbie off to school. And they even acknowledge that Ian has bruises on his face. And he's... And Carl's like, what happened to your face? And Ian's like, oh, ROTC. I caught caught something in the face in ROTC. Baby, let people in on your problems, maybe. I know. But it's also like, if he opens up that whole can of worms, oh, Mickey beat the shit out of me. Well, why did Mickey beat the shit out of you? Oh, because Terry caught us fucking. Wait, you were fucking? Yes, Mickey's been gay this whole time. <laughs> Don't say anything because he will. Like, it's like opening up this whole big can of worms. Yeah. How long has this been going on? Oh, like three years, two years, <laughs> give or take. Um, And you never said anything? No. no. Well, doesn't Carl not even know that Ian's gay? Yeah, yet? I think at this point, though, it's just because Carl's stupid because they don't, like, hide it. That's, like, implied. Yeah. <laughs> because Jimmy does do the line when, he like, he's, like, um... When like, he's, like, it's something that gay dudes say and Carl yeah. and Carl's was, like... Wait, Ian's, Ian's gay? gay? And he goes, no, 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 just it's just a figure of speech. It's just an expression. Like, I just... Well, why couldn't Jimmy be, like, yep? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel sure like he's, he was at that point when he had been, like, yeah. Yeah. Sure is. But yeah, they are. she gets the boys and Debbie off to school in the morning uh, and they have that whole discussion and we get informed that Karen is still asleep. So we know that Karen is alive. Karen is still asleep. And so is Lip. Lip is upstairs asleep in his bed. He's been like depressed ever since he heard about what happened to Karen. Jimmy is on Liam duty. Fiona like hands Liam to Jimmy and flies out the door. Uh, but on her way out, Jimmy like follows her and pitches the idea of him going back to medical school and finishing his last year. And Fiona's like, um, th left field. Okay. But you know, you know what? Um, doctor husband. Hell yeah. Yeah. She's like, like, let's talk about it. Let's, sure, let's figure this out. I have to go to work, but this is not an immediate no. This is definitely an interesting conversation we can have. 
So supportive. We like it. I'm aware that his character has a name, but it's Bradley Whitford. Um, Bradley Whitford <laughs> is holding a bougie political gay event at some fancy building with Frank as the special guest. And Frank pulls out, he's got like those glasses that he puts on whenever he wants to look nice. And like his hair yeah, is brushed. I love those glasses. <laughs> Does, don't the glasses have only one arm? Yeah. Though? Yes, they like, do. It like is he wearing that same pair? Or did he get a different pair? I think it's the because same pair. Because the glass, his like his like readers only have like one <laughs> arm <laughs> that go over the ear. <laughs> He's also wearing like his typical. I want to look nice, so we put on a flannel shirt that he buttoned all the way up, and he looks like half decent and bathed. And he starts at the event by reading from a written script, but eventually he puts that down and veers into Frank land of giving a Frank esque speech. But it actually wins the crowd over. Because he has yeah. the gift of gab. He, like, just goes all the vulgar ways. Like he Half just... the time he wins me over, too. <laughs> I just feel like I just feel like it's William H. Macy. I'm like, this man could say anything. And I would be like, I'm right behind you, sir. <laughs> like, yeah. He's so good at holding himself. Yeah, communist king. Like, <laughs> <laughs> communist pansexual king. <laughs> yeah, you're right. He goes like very vulgar with it. He talks about like fucking who you want to fuck. And like, this is a room of like adults in a fancy hotel that he's talking to. And he goes full Frank with it. I feel like that risk always pays off in those situations because it's like you're in this bougie stuffy place where everybody's pretending to be somebody that they don't want to be. Like everybody's yeah. pretending to care about modesty and like, correctness and all that and then frank is like fuck that and they're all like i like this guy's style and he, but even bradley whitford's surprised he's like what the fuck you went off script and you still won the crowd over how'd that happen and frank's like my whole life i've been trying to convince people to do what they really don't want to do i'm like yeah he's a con artist i love that and so frank takes that win he knows that he won the crowd over and he tries to pivot it into getting a better room and more money out of bradley whitford and bradley whitford is like open to it but he's like you know what let's discuss that later i'm not just gonna give you everything that you want meanwhile up in lip's bedroom he and mandy are trying to have sex but it's just not working he's too occupied thinking about karen getting hit by the car which is exactly what Mandy does not want to hear as the person who hit Karen with the car. Yeah. Okay, yes, but like, you know what? If my ex got hit by a car, I would also think about it a lot for the next couple days. Yeah. Like, it and would like, kind of be a boner killer. Yeah. <laughs> and also, like, she is like, read the room, girlfriend. He's obviously, like, completely not there. Yeah. Well, it's like, I don't understand. Like, I, okay, I know that obviously what ends up being the case is that lip still has feelings for karen and this kind of gets in the way of his feelings for mandy but like like lip chose mandy yeah, but he's also just yeah. like a good person that feels bad that the last thing he said to karen was like so right. cruel and it's like that was your ex and it's like like i understand they ended on bad terms still but like i just i feel like mandy cannot make like understand that the way that he feels about her and how much he cares about her and how much he feels responsible it has nothing to do with his feelings towards her yeah yeah originally and then obviously he found out that she was the reason that karen got hit by a car but it's like originally it's like i'm thinking about this and devoted to this because this she had a very special place in my life for a really long time this is a very harrowing traumatic thing that happened to her like and i'm a good person obviously i'm gonna care about it but mandy is like oh my god, she's getting in your head and you're gonna fall in love with her and choose her over me. It's like- It's like she's a vegetable and yet you still are fucking thinking about her when my boobs are in your face. Yeah. And it's like, Mandy. Well, it's because Mandy never learned healthy relationship boundaries. She never learned communication or anything like that. So it's- I don't care. Yeah. I don't- like, No, I'm not excusing it. I'm not excusing it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, explanation, not excuse. Yeah. Sure. Like, I'm just like, whatever. 
Interesting. That's what this is all about, though. Analysis. Uh, so Lip Lip tells Mandy because she's like, we can meet up and give each other head at school. Head. And he's like, <laughs> she was like, we can give each other head in the shed behind the school or something like that. And he's like, he says he's gonna cut school actually, and he's gonna go visit Karen in the hospital. And Mandy again is like, she doesn't, she doesn't get it. It's not clicking for her why he still cares about Karen, but she also doesn't fight it. She's in like that soft mode that Mandy gets into sometimes when she's being docile. Like, I understand, like, her, like, still not understanding, because it's like, she can't even talk to you, why do you give a shit still, but it's not clicking with her that it's more than just, like, communication. Yeah. Well, I feel like she's not, I feel like she's also not fighting him because she is feeling bad that she got rejected, yeah. like, sexually. Because we know yeah. that that's been an issue with her in the past and will continue to be an issue with her in the coming episodes that she bases all of her self-worth on her sexual prowess and so it's like she's kind of feeling a little wounded that he reject that he couldn't yeah. stay hard she's very wounded mm. animal in this episode she's like yeah mm. i guess whatever you say lip like yeah mm, well do you want me to play her like <laughs> at work fiona's manager uh checks in with her because fiona looks worried and fiona's like oh well my boyfriend dropped on me this morning that he wants to go back to medical school and like through like a telephone sort of situation talking to all of her coworkers that turns into all of them deciding she's engaged and she's going to be rich with a doctor husband. <laughs> That's so funny. She was like, yeah, Fiona's going to marry a rich doctor. And she's like, what? No. Well, and it's so funny because then Mike is like, what the fuck? <laughs> I, I was catching some serious vibes here. <laughs> yeah. They're also in this scene very excited about getting K-cups at, the, at their office because I think this is when Keurigs and K-cups were like brand new. It was, like, the thing. They're, like, talking about, like, all the fucking disgusting-ass flavors, too. Yeah, now we've gone full circle, and I'm back right to just, like, a regular Mr. Coffee drip. (laughs) Yep, I I do have, like, um, a Keurig, but it's, like, a Dolan Keurig. Like, it has a thing to make a pot of coffee, and it still has, like, the K-cup thingy. Oh, I have a Keurig just because I never got rid of it. Downstairs at the Gallagher's, Mandy asks Debbie why Lip gives a fuck about Karen. Like, she's genuinely asking, why does he give a fuck about Karen? And Debbie does not know how to answer that. She cannot give Mandy an answer. And then Lip comes downstairs. Debbie is at the stove making soup. And he's like, Debbie, why aren't you in school right now? And Debbie's like, I'm cutting today. Um, And he's like, Debs, we need one person in this family to not turn cynical and my money has been on you. <laughs> but she's cutting Too school late. because she made soup she made soup for Sheila and wants to bring it to the she hospital. She made bone broth. She was like making the bone broth cuz I think she like I don't know if it was like the night prior or whatever she was like They had KFC like, or something. Yeah. And something she was like, like "Can that. I use the bones to make broth?" and they're like, "I guess." Yeah. But that's so cute. And then Lip's like, I can take it for you. And she's like, "Uh uh-uh, no, I'm not going to let you take credit for this shit. Yep, exactly. She's like, oh, and take all the credit? Absolutely not. I'm going with you. And and then she tells Lip, you're taking Mandy for granted. You have to put her feelings first every once in a while. Which are wise words from Debbie here. Yeah. Young Debbie literally was the brains and the most smart. Like, she had all the logical sense in her brain when she was younger. Okay, I agree with... I, okay... I agree with what Debbie's saying. And I think that Lip could have absolutely used this advice in other conflicts that him and Mandy had. However, in yeah. this specific instance, I'm like, you know what, though? I think Lip should put his own feelings first a little bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the Ginger Gallagher's are always the one being like, hey, maybe you should 
pay attention to her they feelings. Give, they, give the perf- <laughs> they give the perfect advice, just a little too late. <laughs> They're a little late with it. Over to Frank again. He's speaking at another event, but this time it's at like a school. And he starts talking about genitalia at the school and quickly gets cut off by the people running the event. And like he starts to get in trouble for it from Bradley Whitford. But then three teenagers come over and we're like, we really loved how honest your speech was. I just texted my dad. He told me I could give a thousand dollars. Where should I make out the check? And Bradley Whitford's like, uh, sure. Here's where you do it. Never, never fucking mind. Where are these rich ass kids just being like, hey, dad, can I donate this much fucking money to some thing gay children i would never private schools baby but it was so funny they came up they came up and they were like we loved it <laughs> <laughs> like the way that they had these kids act is kind of funny oh my god over to the hospital there's a doctor he comes in he examines karen and then he tries to run out of the room without answering any of sheila's questions she keeps being like oh i'm so sorry can you explain what that means no i'm, I'm so sorry can you explain what that means and then jody speaks up he's like hey i'm a nice guy patient not usually violent, but if you try to leave this room one more time without telling us what's going on in words we can understand, I will lift your tiny body over my head and throw you out the window. I love that line so much. The prose of that is fantastic. It was so good. Like, I loved his delivery in that. And the doctor's just like, okay. He's like, can't get a read on that guy either. He's like, I am a pacifist. I don't want, I don't want to harm anybody, but answer my question or I'll fucking kill you. Like, it's A+. plus. Everybody go watch Black Sails. The doctor tells them that they're removing the meds that induced Karen's coma because she had brain swelling, but her brain swelling has gone down. So they're uh, removing the meds that induced the coma, but they still don't know if she'll ever wake up. And that's like the devastating news they get in that room. That, but it's also like if she does wake up, they don't know if she'll be totally fine or if she'll be like fucked up. Yeah. Because with brain injuries, you never know until the person wakes up, obviously. Yeah. That, yeah, that's the only thing that doctors could be like, we we will not know until they open their eyes and we see what happens. At the balls, Kev makes V lunch and he's trying to make jokes, but V is like really worried about her mom's cycle because her mom like should get her period soon. So Kev's like, do you want me to go and buy a pregnancy test? Will that make you feel better if I go buy a bunch of fucking pregnancy tests and we have her take a test and then will you get out of this weird funk that you're in. He's being very attentive and very sweet with her, which I really like. He's the most understanding and lenient person in this whole scenario. Yeah. Didn't Karen, or not Karen, Carol, didn't Carol slip up at one point and she said she was ovulating like, like two separate weeks. Like it was like, it was like, she was like, I'm ovulating this week. And then like two weeks and then like two weeks later. Yeah. No. Yeah, she did. She, cause she's making shit up. She was like, I'm ovulating again. Yeah. Because she just wants to be like, feel needed. Yeah. Sure. She's making shit up. Yeah. Cause, cause she was like, that's not on my calendar. <laughs> yeah. Cause they bought a, an ovulation, a cycle calendar to track her cycle. And they were like, um, you ovulated two weeks ago. That's not possible. Um, just download the clue app like everyone else. I have flow. So. Oh, I have <laughs> Eve and period tracker. <laughs> yeah. That's so great. We're over at school. Ian and Mandy are in class. And he asks her, Mickey getting married. That makes sense to you? And he's like trying to pull information about the woman that Mickey is marrying out of he's Mandy. He's like behind her in class too. And they're like in the middle of a test. And he's like whispering to her. Mandy's like, why the fuck do you care? <laughs> is that that scene? Or is it? No, or is this the one when they're like on a train? 
Oh, no, yeah, this is them on the train. This is them on the train. This is the one when they're on the train, and he's standing behind her, and the only reason I remember is, like, I just have the image in my head of him, because he's holding onto the railing on the top of the train, and he's standing behind her, and he's, like, leaning around to talk to her, and she's like, I don't know, why the fuck do you care? Like, she's like, (laughs) so, and so, and he's like, well, at least he's marrying her, like, most guys would just cut and run, like. And then he finds out that the woman that Mickey is marrying is, she works at a salon where she gives hand jobs, so he's like, now I think Ian has put the pieces together in his brain that it is the woman from that day that Mickey is marrying. I think he, he's dumb, but I think he finally figured out that it was in fact Svetlana. Put the pieces together. Back at home, Nando is in the front yard playing with Liam and it's really cute. Nando is very good with him. And Jimmy says he's thinking of going back to medical school. And Jimmy's like, it's a good thing. I'll be, I'll be keeping out of trouble. I'll be keeping my nose clean. And Nando's like, well, good luck getting Estefania to move to wherever you're going to school. And Jimmy in this scenario is basically like asking Nando's permission. And Nando's like, what the, why do you think I'm in charge? Why do you think you have to ask me? He's like, "Mm, nope, actually. It's literally all about Estefania. Like it's all about her. Because, because as long as she wants it, her dad will say yes. Yeah. But like, as long as it's safe or whatever, but it's literally like, you think this is about me? Like, <laughs> I'm the henchman. With Liam in his arms, Nando is even like, is this a, is this my choice? I don't think I'm in charge. He like plays with Liam. It's so fucking cute. And he like hands Liam back to Jimmy. He's like, you need to figure your shit out. Okay, my guy? And he hands Liam back to him. Back at the hospital. I really like the like hospital, like grimy, dim lighting in this. Like every time they're mm-hmm. in the hospital. It's always so... It looks like a horror movie. <laughs> it's like a it's like a shitty hospital. Yeah. But back at the hospital, Debbie and Lip are fighting uh or sorry, they're visiting with the soup that Debbie made. And Lip like there's a there's a close up on Lip's face when he sees Karen in the bed like that and it like really shakes him up like he's just fucking standing there seeing her and Jeremy almost cries. Like it's really good. Mhm. He's really like it's like a raw emotion. I love sad lip. He's very good at sad lip. Um, yeah. Me. Oh, uh, sad lip. That edit I sent you guys last night. Oh my god, uh, that was like uh, uh, um, after um <laughs> one, bef- what after this episode airs, I will post that edit on the story afterwards. Good. Oh my god! Shout out to that editor. I forget their username, but I will post it. His his character arc was actually like so good. Yeah. Like, ugh. uh, rah. Meanwhile, uh, back at work, Fiona is fucking killing it. And she's like, but she's going so fast because they put like nine espressos in her that, that morning. Uh, and her manager's like, you need to embrace the science of slow. Like she's getting, she is not working like a minimum wage worker. She's working above her wage. Slow down, Fiona. Let the day, let the day drag on. But she's so fucking hopped up on caffeine that like, go, go, go is her only speed. She's in go, go, go speed. But her manager's like, if you, if you keep going at this pace, you raise expectations for the rest of us. So like, please, please fucking slow down. I'll take you out to lunch. I'll buy you lunch. <laughs> it really do be like that in the workforce sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> like me, me like, today, don't... I was on, I was on bar and I was like, mm, I don't feel like going fast. So none of you guys can go fast. Okay. Cause I was on drive through bar. So I was, I had to be the fastest one <laughs> because mm. of our times. And so I was just like, mm, I don't really feel like going fast right now. So like, you I mean, I still ended with a really good time, by the way. <laughs> I think I ended with like 44 seconds out the window, but uh, I was yeah. still just like, I was like, guys, don't go faster than me because you're gonna make me look bad. 
<laughs> so at, at that, we're back at the alibi. All of Frank walks in and all the guys greet him all sarcastically again and like talking about how Frank's gay now. But Frank is paid and he's happy, so he doesn't fucking care. He walks in and orders a drink and Kev's like, fuck no, you have a tab. And so Frank puts down money and Kev takes the entire thing and gives Frank back like $5. Frank's like, five bucks? Kev's like, you're lucky we don't charge interest. (laughs) And then there's a scene from like, oh, sorry. Isn't there a scene from like the first season where he settles out the tab and then he gets changed back and it's like i don't know 10 bucks or whatever and yeah. then he's like he's like oh well like that's a change from settling out the tab and frank just is like "Ooh, better start a new one then i think it's the <laughs> pilot episode that that happens in it might actually be the first because well i thought it had to do with disability check yeah i think he walks in Something slams like his disability check down and kev cash i think that's like the oh first... yeah he's like it's disability day yeah i think it's like the first <laughs> alibi scene And then some guy walks into the bar and offers to buy Frank a drink. And we all go like, huh? What? What is this? But before we learn about that, we go to Ian having a no good, really bad day as he stalks Svetlana at the massage parlor. And this is probably where the deleted scene of him going inside to the massage parlor and getting a hand job from Svetlana would have gone in this episode. Mm -hmm. But he's like stuck and he like- I wish they wouldn't have cut that. Yeah, me too. Uh, but the scene of Svetlana lighting her cigarette and then when she turns her hair, it's like the close-up. Oh my god, she's like with all her girlies. Uh, <laughs> this is a- and then it's like Ian, Ian looks so scary. He's like in like the- un- He's like, like in know, the like- corner, like watching her. It's like those weird like uh, back doors that have like three steps that go down. Yeah. And then he's like in like a little, he's like hidden. Yeah. Yeah. Like a sub-basement. Yeah, it's like a sub basement, like apartment or whatever, and he's like watching her from the entrance way, and he's like really like looking at her, uh, and she's but she in this looks like so good. She's in this sick leather jacket, and she's like lights her cigarette. Oh, she has motion. like her bangs, like with yes. her like really like. Oh my gosh! Ah, like, uh, I love his. Adorable. Anyway, I wish they wouldn't have cut that scene where they actually interact, though. <laughs> Just saying. I wish they wouldn't have cut it either. I hate when they cut scenes of Ian's like emotional development. However, this episode is really fucking heavy, and like that is just an additional heavy thing that like i sort of understand why it got cut out but like yeah i agree it shouldn't have gotten cut at the alibi the guy that we saw walk in is talking to frank about how gay people can be cured and that gayness is a disease and frank counters that with well at least my gay son's not going to bring home a pregnant girlfriend which is like weird timing with that line (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I was about to say. Well, <laughs> uh, and the guy offers, he's like, I will pay you more than the event people are currently paying you, and I'll give you better room and board at a better hotel if you decide to go through with conversion therapy. Fuck this guy. What a, what an interesting way to approach conversion therapy. To be honest, though, sorry. No, go ahead. No, go no, ahead. ahead. Frank's, Frank's reaction to this, I'm like, Good for him. Yeah, actually, because he initially he's, he's playing both sides. Even and he's trying to come out on top. Even with the <laughs> extra money and even with the better hotel room, he still goes like, "Gay is who I am now. Gay is who I shall be." And it isn't until the guy starts talking about the clinical fornication that goes with conversion therapy, where Frank realizes he gets to have just sex with women until he isn't gay anymore, quote unquote. And Frank, then yeah. he's like. Okay, maybe. maybe I, yeah, I will say good. the one part. The one part about this where I'm like, oh, Frank, no, is like the we'll meet her later. But the the woman that he ends up having c- clinical fornication. You with. know, it's so funny too. She like kind of looks like his wife. 
She does kind of look a little bit like Monica. If Monica had shorter hair. No, 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 no. She looks like William H. Macy's wife. Oh, oh I thought she looked like Dottie Coronas. <gasps> she does look a little bit like Dottie. She looks like the girl from Nurse Jackie. Yeah, that's that's Bill's wife. Oh, oh that wait, Melissa yes. Huffman? Yeah. Oh, shit. I didn't realize that. Okay, never mind. <laughs> I didn't know the actors were that. That's so funny, <laughs> but no, yeah. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> Dude, I don't... I watched the show. I don't know who Lauren McKenzie is. Someone was telling me about Nurse Jackie the other day. One of my co It's really good. She was like... Yeah, it's just a nurse, a nurse who just does prescription drugs. Yeah, we were talking about like best versus worst TV endings, and I can't remember if she said that it was like one of the better TV endings or one of the worst. It's ones got an all right seen. ending. The girl that plays uh, Zoe, the nurse, is incredible. She's so good, and Carlisle from Twilight is in it. So, oh, love yeah. it. Oh, and one of the girls from Glow is in it too. She's great. Uh, but yeah, oh, nice. Frank in this situation says to throw in some walking around money, and he's in. Uh. And then that night at home, Lip is smoking and looking at pictures of him and Karen on his phone. He's on Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> and then Ian comes, Ian comes blasting into the room. Like Lip is having a very like angsty moment with himself. And then Ian's like, it's time for my angst. And he comes in the room. Doesn't he like throw a backpack at the wall? He does. He like throws yeah. a backpack <laughs> at the wall and it like hits the he blinds like, and Lip is like, what the hell is wrong with you? He like busts in. He was like. He's marrying a hand whore or something like that. <laughs> Mickey's getting married. He tells Lip, Terry caught us and made Mickey fuck this girl to fuck the gay out of him. And then he says, he may have faked it once or twice, but he wants to be with me. I know what he felt with me. You can't fake that. Babe. <sighs> Genuine question. Uh, when he's, because they're talking about like orgasms. Yeah. If you're a guy, I mean, you can't really fake it. No, orgasm, I think though. he means, I think he faked like, could have faked his ability. really yeah. really feeling yeah, it yeah yeah like really yeah. being like okay ian and ian was like <laughs> this is not my aka but i do love in this moment that lip is like how the fuck did i not know any of this was going on i'm like because he doesn't open up to anybody yeah but it's also like nobody ever asks yeah nobody ever asks nobody ever asks you're all wrapped up in your own shit over here lip you got some drama going on look to your left your brother is suffering yeah and and Lip is, like, trying to comfort him. So he says, Ian, my brother, you need to get out there and fuck someone new. Someone in their mid-twenties. You know, not an old fucking guy. And he's trying to tell Ian to get over Mickey because he doesn't understand what Ian and Mickey are with each other. But I feel like Lip, of all people, should understand how they could be. Because it's like, Lip is the one who found out, like, right when it first started happening. And so it's like, Lip's like, oh, this has been going on on and off for, like, two years. You guys must have something, like, actually meaningful. Something going on. Something actually going on. Like, if and he's, he's like, well, you also, like, spend all your time together. Like, I don't know if you're just besties. But it's like... I mean, that goes Lip. with... Like, are you this stupid? That goes with Ian not sharing, number one. And Lip's own broken idea of relationships and what he has going on with Mandy, too. That, like, I don't think he fully comprehends, like, what Ian and Mickey could be with each other. Right. I think Lip also just has a general disdain for Mickey. He just doesn't like yeah. him. So he's yeah. like, he's like, I don't... I feel like, because even in, like, season five, when they were, like, together together, Lip was like... Mm, yeah i don't like you i don't you yeah, slip up literally. once in, in his defense in the early like seasons mickey did beat the ever-loving shit out of him <laughs> well but lip was mouthing off so he kind of deserved yeah, it yeah he did 
Yeah, he did deserve it. Uh, but this segues into Ian telling Lip, like, he sort of, he makes Ian smile a little bit. And then Ian tells Lip, Mandy is upset. And that he's upset about Mandy. He's like, she cares about you, man. And Lip says, how did we get this mixed up with two people from the Milkovich pa- family? And Ian's like, bad parenting. <laughs> Speaking Mm -hmm. of bad parenting, enter the parent himself. He is getting checked into a fancy hotel and taking in room service. And he ignores a call from Bradley Whitford and the gay waiter. And the gay waiter in his room tells Frank that, like, what you're doing is courageous and inspiring. Talking about, like, the speeches he's been giving. It's like, anything you need, I'm here for you. And Frank's like, ketchup. Get me ketchup. He's, like, in his robe, too. (laughs) He's, like, not shy. Like, I feel like... If I was being served by somebody like room service, I would be like, um, I have to be fully dressed, fully beat makeup. Like, I would be so embarrassed. I would be like, please, please get out of here. He's fully like on the couch in his robe, like eating steak. Ketchup. Give me ketchup. Back at home, Debbie is worried about how crooked her teeth are. And she's like looking at them in the mirror and V bursts in. She's worried about her mom not being pregnant. And she's come to talk to Fiona. She needs to ha- have some best eventing time. She's having really sad feelings about not being the one that gives Kev the baby that he wants. And she's like, she she feels really bad that she can't be like the mother, quote unquote, to this child. And Fiona's like, none of this would be happening without you. So like, you're the most important thing in this scenario. And she's, it's really sweet. Yeah. It's a very sweet bestie moment. And it ends with, go get drunk and get your mom to pee on a stick. Everything's going to be fine. We love Fiona. Their friendship is just so sweet. I just love the moments of their friendship. It was like at its best, I would say, like in this season, next season, and then honestly, like season six. Like their friendship was pretty strong. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Debbie asks Jimmy, she's like, you paid for Carl's braces. Can you get me braces? And Jimmy like inspects her mouth and he's like, oh, yours aren't even that bad. But then he's like, you know what? I love Ethan getting braces in real life was just writing in Jimmy bought him braces. <laughs> uh, homeboy couldn't get Invisalign. <laughs> uh, but he's like, Debbie, your your teeth aren't that bad because he's trying to buy time. And he's like, you know what? I promise when it can happen, I will make it happen. And he like makes a promise because Jimmy loves making promises. Finally, Fiona and Jimmy, they get a second to talk about the medical school bomb that he dropped on her that morning. And she is, again, very supportive about it with all of the positivity she got from her workplace today. She's very supportive. She's like, you know what? It's a year. We can figure that out. That's We can work that out. And she's like, you're a good person and you're good to the kids and I'm behind you. And she picks up Liam and she's all cute with him. And like, it's it's so cute. If their relationship was healthy, this would be a really nice moment. <laughs> We're back to Frank. He's still dodging calls. And the conversion therapy guy comes in to drop off porn and ask Frank about any straight sex that he has ever had. And Frank's like, well, I have like nine kids. And so he's like, oh. so <laughs> He's like, hmm. <laughs> so you have. Let me think. You have had sex with a woman. And Frank's like, yeah, a few times. Um, He's like, oh, amazing start. <laughs> Already, such big steps being taken. (laughs) Uh, The next morning at work, the owner of the cup company is there giving a big speech that, like, they've all got memorized because it's the same speech he gives all the time. And Fiona's boss, Mike, is asking her, will you come play on the company softball team? We're having a game tonight. Will you come play with us? And it's very cute and flirty. Fucking a company softball team, please. I feel like that's like a pretty normal thing. Play kickball like everyone else. Play kickball like everyone else. They did that in um, Arrested Development. That was a thing. 
And that's so funny. Yeah, there's like the town softball league in Shit's Creek too. And uh it's oh, yeah. very cute and flirty, this conversation. And she gets like mildly pressured into being like, yeah, you know what? If I have time, I'll come on down to the softball field. And at the alibi, Bradley Whitford is looking for Frank. Uh, and Kev's like, ask Kev. He's like, here's my card. Give me a call if you see him. And Kev's like, you know, I can remember things a lot better when I'm being paid to remember them. And he's like, gets tipped. And he's like, you know what? I'll give you, I'll give you a holler if Frank ever shows up. And then he just throws the fucking like business card back to the hotel frank is introduced to a lesbian who is also trying to overcome her gay tendencies and they're supposed to have sex as a part of the de-gaying process like i swear she walked in and i was like is that no that's not her like it looks like his wife yeah in the van behind the house mandy comes in like a wounded animal all like in her that soft little mode. hunched over <laughs> she comes in she checks with lip she asks if he's are you still gonna go visit karen later and he's like yeah maybe she's like can i come over like after and he says yes please like he is engaging with her and he's like yeah actually will you please come over i would like to spend time with you like finally do something right lip. he's listening if only it didn't take her secretly hitting karen with a car for you to like get <laughs> so frank and this woman are having sex and it's taking a while and he tells her to picture angelina jolie and that does it that gets her there i love who she's she's like shut up angie (laughs) (laughs) this scene like is so i don't know it just gets me like so like she's like reverse cowgirling she's like reverse calicking he's like he's like i haven't seen your face in a while oh it makes me so uncomfortable to watch (laughs) like like i'm like like that's that's one of those scenes where i'm like "Mm -hmm." yeah Okay. At the hospital, Jody and Sheila are singing to Karen and they're just like being nice and and Lip walks in. He's like, you know, Karen fucking hates that. They're playing on like bongos and like a tambourine and it's like, what song are they singing? She really did hate it so much when he did that. I forget what song they're singing. I feel like it's time after time. It might be. But like Lip walks in, he's like, he sort of snaps. You know, she fucking hates that. But then he immediately apologizes like, I'm so sorry. I should not have done. I shouldn't have said it like that. I just think if you want her to wake up, you should do things that she likes. Like, he's he tries to backtrack it because he, like, does feel really bad for the way that he just walked into the room like that. And Jody gets up. He's like, you know what? I'm going to go get coffee. And Lip even tries to apologize again as Jody leaves the room. And Jody's like, no, no, no. Don't worry about it. You're a good friend. I'm going to go get coffee. You spend some time with her. Well, and he's right. I love Jody. Um, so then Lip and Sheila get a minute together in the room. And, like, God, Jeremy... Jeremy and Joan, put anybody alone in a scene with Joan. They're so good together. They get a minute together and Lip apologizes for not being nice to Karen the last time that he saw her. And she's like, we're thinking positive. And, you know, Karen was so happy to get that text from you the night that she got hit. I think she was so excited that she forgot to look across the street on her way to see you. And he's like, what? Text message. (laughs) That 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 line is just like she's so sweet. She was like she was so excited that she I, she just forgot to look both ways. And he's like, I texted her when. Yeah, but before we get further clarification on that, um, I would like to say a correction from last week. There's a scene now of Frank in a gay bar. I think this is where that other Ian deleted scene was. I don't think it was in the last episode. I think it's in this one of Ian like try quote unquote trying to get over Mickey like Lip told him to. Yeah, I mean, like, then I'm like, okay, it deserves to be cut. I don't care about it. Mm-hmm. Well, because I am I thought there was a scene of them sitting and talking, but- There is. I Maybe not. Maybe 
Oh, there is, where they're, like, talking to each other? Yeah, that's the deleted scene. Yeah, but I don't remember what they talk about. I just remember the part where Frank is, like, singing karaoke or dancing or something, and Ian sees him from across the room. He's like, oh, shit. And Frank's like, that's my son! Like, that That scene continues into them sitting at the bar and talking with each other. It's like a a two-minute scene that... Oh, I... Yeah, it's something stupid. Like, Frank is like... Oh my god, I can totally see why you're into this. Like this is, I'm have I'm having so much fun, and like they don't talk about Mickey or anything at all. Yeah. So, but so I think that that got deleted from this episode, which means there were two Ian deleted scenes in this episode alone. Shaking my head. Yeah, I wonder who else had scenes cut from this episode because I haven't seen like I don't have the DVD. So I do. I'll give it a check later. But anyway, Frank's in a gay bar. Bradley Whitford finds him. Uh, Bradley's like, I know people. I know how to find you. I found you very easily. And he gives Frank a key. He's like, you know what? Here's a better hotel. And this is when your next speaking event is. And it just so happens it's I think this is when he also finds out it's the same hotel where the conversion therapy has him posted up. So he's like, oh, fuck. They're going to be in the same place now. Yeah. And back to Veronica. She goes to visit her mom, but Carol feels like ill and V guilts her. She's like, will you please just pee on a pregnancy test? Will you please do this for me, mom? And Carol like finally gives in like Carol feels ill because a bitch is already pregnant and has been pregnant for a hot minute. Has been pregnant because she lied because she knew she was pregnant from the moment she got pregnant. Well, because there was that whole thing where it was like Carol's it never like she always throws up the day after she gets pregnant yeah. mm-hmm. and they're like it is literally never failed it is more accurate than I don't, I don't remember what she equates it to but she's like it is so accurate like she's like there's no way like so like we we'll don't know, know yet that carol's been lying but yes we do carol's been lying and that she did throw up she threw up after like the second night or something at the Gallagher house, Fiona is wrapping up dinner and tells Jimmy she got, she's like, I got invited to play softball with the company that I'm working at. And like, side note, Emmy looks really, really hot in this scene. <laughs> um, In the scene where she's actually playing softball. Sheesh. Yes. Uh, her hair looks Literally so my good. Girlfriend. girlfriend energy. It's a good Emmy episode. She looks really, really good in this episode. And Jimmy's like, okay, small snag in the plan. Um, I have to finish med school in Michigan. I can't do it in Chicago. Uh, because the credits won't transfer, but it'll only be for a year. And Fiona's like, um, what? What? You have to go, like, away to school for a year? And he's like, well, well, why don't you come with me? And she's like, the kids? He said, yeah, sure, if you want. She's like, if I want? And her fucking face, she's like, if I want? Like, if I fucking want? Like, we- I just became their guardian. But before that whole fight goes down, we go to the alibi. Veronica comes running in. Kev's gonna be a daddy. His mom, her mom is pregnant. <gasps> my my favorite line. And then everyone's just like freaking out. And then Kev grabs the fucking pregnancy test and he holds it up and he goes, look at this stick. Be aware for the rest of the night. I'm stirring cocktails with this stick. I think about that <laughs> all the time. It's so sweet, but also disgusting. But I love it so much. No, because all the, I mean, there's a very easy way to avoid that. Nobody in the room order a cocktail. (laughs) Yeah, everyone, (laughs) literally, they, everyone orders beer there. But like, it's his first dad joke. He's built to be a dad. He's like, I'm stirring cocktails with the fucking pregnancy test. I'm so excited. He's built to be a dad. He's going to be such a good dad. Uh, And then over to Lip, he's on the bus and he's got Karen's bloody phone from the hospital in his hand because Sheila told him where to find her stuff. 
and he sees the on the bloody phone the text message sent to Karen from him and like you see him put it together what a cool shot that is it's so cool that that frame that frame where you see the phone it's like it's like bloody and cracked and it's like text from lip meet me at the park and he's just holding it in his hands and like when you see the phone you're like oh, what a it's cool like his shot. blankless stare and then the shot who in, was the dp on this episode the shot in the bus too of him he's sitting in the center of the back row from the completely empty bus and the shot is like from the front and it like zooms all the way very main character of him yes very main it's character. so good who was the dp on this episode because we know who the director was but who was the dp pause we need to find out the cinematographer on this episode was Kevin McKnight. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you, Kevin. I feel like he did most of their episodes. He was a DP on 36 episodes from seasons one through four. Oh, so literally every single episode, literally three seasons straight, I guess. Seasons one through four. Yeah, he was, he did 36 episodes, seasons one through four, including fucking Stranger on, Strangers on a Train. Yes. Yo, okay. trade. Um, funny story about that. Uh, that episode. I will tell you when we're not recording. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, so yeah, it's Ooh. a beautiful, beautiful shot. It's it's very main character of him. It's very good. And then back to Frank and Bradley Whitford. Bradley Whitford asks, "Where where are he's calling Frank? He's like, where the fuck are you? Because he's not showing up for the event that he told Frank to show up to. And the gay waiter at the hotel catches Frank and the lesbian he is sleeping with kissing in the hallway. Side note, so funny of this waiter to like snitch on Frank for right? that. Right? Mm-hmm. Like he calls, he calls Bradley Whitford. He's like, you need to see this. <laughs> he's like, you would not believe that. The fact that he was able to get that guy on the phone. He's like, I know who to call. Uh, but let's play softball. Fiona's team is actually very fun and very good and they're winning. And it's so, it's just, I love the softball scene. It's really nice. Despite the fact that I'm- she's like screaming, she gets a home run icon. I'm trying to like block out the entire time the fact that it is the dugouts, like it is the baseball field. But I'm like, it's so good. Is it really? Yeah. Is it? Is it the baseball field? Is it the same? It's the one? first one because the second one. The no, second one's different, but then they acted like it was the same one, and it was like no. No, actually, guys, it's I'm the second one because it's an above ground dugout, so it's the second one. The second dugout. Oh yeah, the first one was the first one was like below half below ground. It was like yeah. the two steps. Season two's dugout. Well, because I think season two was little league, mm. and then like a little league, because then he was like, because they were talking specifically about this field where I got kicked off my baseball team, and then season five and on is like, He's the like high yeah, I was playing or whatever. second yeah. base because they probably, I'm a, they probably got caught like smoking weed. Oh yeah. And the oh, little league, yeah. at the little league field, and so they were like, "Okay, we can't go back there. Let's just go to the high school because nobody gives a shit." That or the shameless people just forgot that it was a below ground dugout and switched to a different baseball field. <laughs> you know, the secret good version that lives in my head, where everything was planned out meticulously, says otherwise. But like the baseball scene is very fun, and like it's just a it's just a good time. It's Fiona having a good night with her team. But then at the hospital. The doctor gives Sheila and Jody more news. They're like, you need to do things that Karen likes that might trigger her consciousness to, like, bring her back into the world of the living. And the camera zooms in on Jody, like, sort of in a little light bulb moment there. And then Jody turns to Sheila and he's like, babe, we have to start taking turns sleeping in a real bed. We can't both just sleep here all the time. This is a marathon, not a sprint. Go home and get sleep. 
and Sheila calls Jody a prince. And then there's just like a really beautiful scene of her saying, but I think you're her prince. When I was little, I used to read Karen fairy tales about princesses and princes. And then Karen grew up and Sheila took her prince and Jody is Karen's and he has to go back to her. It's so sweet. It's so that sweet. That is very sweet. You know what though? I agree. I think Jody is her prince. I think Jody was I think yeah. 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 Yep. I agree. Yep. Cause it's like cause it's like Jody has flaws, like sure. But I mean, before Karen started being evil, before Lip got involved, Karen was like genuinely pretty happy with him. Yeah. Yeah. I I just I also just really love Zach and Zach and uh Jones scenes together. Like they have really touching yeah, moments. They have a great dynamic. It's it's really good. She's like, go back to her. You are her prince. And she gives him a hug. And it's she weird leaves. because, yeah, their dynamic was like, it's like sexually, like they don't work on screen together. Like, like it wasn't like I could never see it, but I was just like, this is weird. And I know it's not going to be permanent. Yeah. Like they don't like, and, and they don't really seem like mother and son, but like the friendship dynamic that they have, or like the general mm-hmm. familial bond yeah. that they have other than like, a mother-son bond or whatever was like pretty good the closeness yeah. the closeness like it's really definitely good. like son-in-law vibes like 100 percent. like even like when he calls her mom it is very son-in-law vibes but like son-in-law that has been adopted into the family not just like oh son-in-law that i never see like only see every once in a while it's like no son-in-law that had a bad home life and lived with us mm-hmm. yeah exactly it's just really touching. I really, I, I think they both did really great work in that scene. It was really touching and really nice. Um, back to the baseball field. Fiona, she's trying, they're all like drinking after the game. And she's like, okay, I gotta leave. I got, cause at the game, the kids were there. And like Ian was there with taking care of the little ones. And Fiona's like, I gotta go. He's like, Ian took, Ian. He's literally my boyfriend. <laughs> like, Ian took the little ones I home. I said, Ian is my boyfriend. She's like, Ian took the little ones home. I gotta, I gotta, like, go and actually make sure they're all in bed and the house isn't on fire. And I gotta go. I got kids to take care of. And they they all try to get her to stay. And she's like, I gotta go tuck them in. And she gets out of it because Jimmy comes walking up onto them. So she's like, I'll see you guys all at work. And she gives back her beer. And she walks past Jimmy. <laughs> I love that. She literally doesn't even look at him and just walks right past him. Well, but when, when Jimmy's walking up, isn't everybody like, Ooh, the doctor. The doctor. Yeah. Like they all start like doing whatever, and then like Fiona's like he's like about he looks like he's about to wave, and then Fiona walks by, and he's like oh, and then turns around. And when all the coworkers are like, oh, it's the doctor. Mike is jealous. Mike is jealous. Oh, he's like just chugging his beer. <laughs> he's I can't get over the fact that he's like very Patrick Brewer vibes, and like this the baseball scene is very that too. Like it's good. But yeah, Fiona walks past Jimmy because she is pissed at him about that second bomb that he dropped about having to go to Michigan. And she walks by him. She's like, you knew you'd have to go back to Michigan from the moment you suggested this, didn't you? And Jimmy's like, I need a change, but I love you. And he's Shut like, up, Jimmy. he says, Debbie needs braces. I'm making espressos. You're selling cups. It's a year. And Fiona's like, stop acting like a year is nothing. Like a year doesn't matter. Yeah. I mean, okay, first of all, Fiona's not even ready for the third bomb he's about to drop right. on her <laughs> about the uh, redacted. Yeah. Um, spoilers. But uh, I mean, I don't know. I kind of do see where he's coming from because he's like, 
I feel strongly enough about you that I feel like I could make long distance work for a year. Because he does say, I mean, to be fair, Ann Arbor has like an Amtrak to Chicago that is four hours. Mm-hmm. I know, but and he's it's like, I could, he's like, I could do that on a weekend. But this is what he does to her. He gets invested and then he pulls out and then he gets invested and then he pulls yeah, out. Yeah, like, because it is like he did make her think that she could depend on him and that he was there to stay. And then he was like, oh, but I'm going away for a year. Like, I'm going to be like very much in only your life but not really the kids and it and she's like well the kids are my life yeah yeah and like he and he tries to bring the kids into it by going like well debbie needs braces and i'm making coffee and you're selling cups and she's like stop acting like us being apart for a year isn't a big fucking deal like it's a big fucking deal yeah a year's a long fucking time right right person wrong time they're chaos with each other they're just pure chaos with each other but they're both chaos junkies. It's what they need. Yeah. And Jimmy says he's going to be a great doctor. And Fiona doesn't argue that. She's like, I'm not saying you're not going to be a great doctor. She just walks away. She's like, I just, I just can't deal with this right now. And then at home, Lip is in bed and Mandy comes in and joins him in bed and like kind of crawls up behind him and spoons him from behind. But you see on his face that he now knows what she has done. Like, yeah. He's just like, has like such like a, like a expressionless stare. He's like, I know, I know what you've done. And now I'm laying here with you knowing this. I'm like, eh. Oh my God. That scene is like chilling. We're back at the hospital. Like, so we go from Lip laying in bed, knowing what Karen has done, knowing what uh, Mandy has done to the hospital. Jody is like sitting at the end of Karen's bed and he starts rubbing her feet and he sees like her finger twitch. And then he like works his hand up her leg and he sees like more movement from her. So he keeps inching his hand further and further up her leg until he works his way all the way up and he gets under the blanket and he works his head under there and he starts to go down on her and then she wakes up. <laughs> Literally, it's him going down on her. The fucking zoom in of her gasp waking up. She's like, <gasps> I'm like, oh my God. I mean, Lip did say things that she likes will wake her up. <laughs> Oh my god, that's a cool shot too. It is a cool shot. Um, there's a whole consent thing that we could discuss, but it's yeah. I know. Yeah. And I don't know if I really want to get into it. I don't it know if because... we should get into it because I don't yeah. know <laughs> where the ex- We notice that it's icky. We just It's don't icky, talk but about I it. also do feel like genuinely it is a legitimate gray area because it's like, well, it did wake her up though. Yeah. So I don't know. Like it's like I I honestly, I honestly do not know how to feel about yeah. it. But when you take into account that she woke up and she was basically juvenile mentally, it is a little wrong and unnerving to me. Yeah, I. W- but they I didn't, didn't know that. Yeah. But he didn't know that. I don't know. It's it's hard. I don't really want to talk about it because I don't want to get myself canceled. Sex is the only way that Jody knows how to communicate. So like, it's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. We're aware that it's icky. We know that it's icky. We just don't know how to classify <laughs> I don't wanna, it. I don't want to elaborate any further because I don't want to get canceled. <laughs> um, but know that we know that there is a wrongness there. Okay? Cool. At Frank's hotel, he is again having sex with a lesbian woman. And the gay waiter just lets himself into Frank's room and brings Bradley Whitford and two, like, hunky men with him. And Bradley Whitford makes the lesbian leave. And Frank's like... Hey, I'm gay. I'm gay. I thought she was a guy. I'm gay. I'm sorry. And Bradley's like, oh yeah? Prove it. And he brings in like the two hunky men who start to get undressed. He's like, fucking prove it. (sighs) 
I feel like he could have absolutely full sent it though. Oh yeah. I I feel like he could have because I I feel like he's done it before. Yeah. Mhm. Mhm. He's literally done it in the show before. Like he could absolutely full send it. Yep. And my favorite part is like Bradley's character. He's like, "Oh no, no, I'm not going to join." I like to watch. Oh, yeah. He's like, oh, my God. Yes. And he like sits down and crosses his little legs. Like, <laughs> I like to watch. I like to watch. Ah! Oh, my God. Love it. Uh, but Frank is caught. And then to the hospital, Jody believes he has discovered the cure for comas. He thinks he is. the. He's got the magic touch. He's discovered the cure for comas. Oral. They're like, <laughs> what did you do? And he's like, I went down there. And they're like. And he's like, he's like, we gotta get this out to the media. Like he's like, <laughs> he's like, so everybody, you gotta tell all the other doctors. And they're like, please shut the fuck up. <laughs> for for a group of episodes that ended all so heavily, this one ended on like a pretty light note. It yeah. really did. I do not have notes on the music that came at the end of this, but like that was the after credit sequence. It's like oral, it's oral, is the cure for coma. Yeah, it's pulling touch by Poi Dog Pondering. All right, is that one that's made it to a playlist of yours? No, I don't know. There are a lot of songs that like, if they're not part of like a big scene, typically I won't notice them. The end credit song has to hit for me to actually add it to a playlist. Well, Boy Dog Pondering, a different one of their songs was used earlier in this episode. Oh, two of their songs, actually. Interesting. Um, Sponsored. Like some of these, (laughs) I don't know, some like Shameless tends to use a lot of like weird kind of rocky and then mm-hmm. or they'll use like funk and so it's like i don't always add i don't know yeah. i don't always add those songs because they don't just like grab my just attention. every once in a while like a uh, a uh, end credit song will hit you in the chest with with everything that just happened yeah that or if there, yeah if there's like if there's like a big uh emotionally resonant scene like i'll be like i'm taking this song for later i mean i did this i do the same with like basically every show i watch like that's how i got into carsey headrest mm-hmm that's like what I'm currently going through after seeing Black Widow. That cover of uh, te- Smells Like Teen Spirit lives in my soul. You guys have to look up the Black Widow movie, like the so- the person that covered Smells Like Teen Spirit for Black Widow. First of all, the opening credits sequence of that movie is the fucking best thing Marvel has ever done. Like, it is so insane. Do you know insane. who the artist who covers it is? Uh, Google. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mal- Malia J. Oh, nice. It is it is haunting. It's so good. Uh, but yeah, sometimes a good bit of music will hit you right in the chest. Next mm-hmm. week on Shameless, Mandy tries to fuck Lip into staying with her. Jimmy rents a place in Michigan uh, and he and Fiona fight. But then Jimmy finds out Estefania is in INS holding and he finds out because her father comes and takes him. Frank has no place to go and Jimmy walks ominously onto a boat with Estefania's dad. I love how this next week on, they literally just spoiled what the, some of the main plot points yeah. in the next episode. Well, because it's like <laughs> a bunch of really big stuff happens in the second to last episode, and then the actual finale is just kind of like, well. Okay. Yep. It happened. <laughs> you, you just saw what happened. Okay, everybody, the, go home that's now. It. <laughs> yeah, literally. Guys, this is really fun. Goodbye. <laughs> but this happened last week, so we don't have to do anything anymore. Yeah. So, that was the episode. What did we think? What did we think of this one? It's a good one. It's a juicy episode. I like it. It's not like the the episodes you think of when you think of like big big hitters, but it's a good one. For sure. It's juicy. It it's one of those like obviously like 
I like when there's a series that has like a lot of episodes that have a lot that go in them and like you can tell when some are filler episodes and you can tell where some are like the main episodes and you can tell when some are just like there to keep you updated. This one was like one of the ones that just keep you in the loop with everyone's things going on. This one was heavy too. It was so heavy. I would equate it a lot to like Hurricane Monica 209. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It gives me similar vibes or like um I'm trying to think about the back half of season five. What happened? What happened? Like, like episodes? Because like crazy. Well, because like that's all. Because like crazy shit. love was huge. Oh no! Episode seven. Tell me you fucking need me when she shoots. When she shoots Frank in the arm. It like that. Like oh, those episodes yeah. give me similar vibes because it's like big things are happening and things are so progressing and moving. But like it's not like a big, like climactic, yeah episode. It's just kind of like I'm here. This episode was tonally, like, way heavier than most. Like, the only funny thing in this episode was, like, a couple of little Frank, like, jabs here and there and the Kev moment. Like, everything else was, like, really fucking sad. Yeah. And then they they keep playing into that. Yeah. But they played it off really well that it didn't make it such a bad... But it felt like not such a depressing episode, though, which was nice, even though it was, like, such heavy subjects being talked about. Yeah, it's, like, even though it wasn't funny, really, like, or it's a big shift from how older episodes were, where it was, like, mostly funny with some dramatics, now that it's, like, super dramatic and it gets into the shameless that we all, like, are, like, very intriguing and, like, are, Mm -hmm. like, this is the best TV ever. Like, because they keep playing into that through season four. It's, like, it still feels like the show, though. This transition into all the dramatics, like, still feels like the show. But then when they made the transition back into comedy... I'm like that was this. Rough. I'm like it's dead. The show died. Yeah. It's dead. <laughs> you can go one way, you cannot go the other way. Just, just like Nando said. Yeah. We always come back to this Nando conversation. Just like Nando said, is Nando secretly the wisest person on the show that we <laughs> I honestly think yeah. he gave so much good insight to Jimmy that Jimmy just never took mm-hmm. seriously and I was like but bro, he's literally right. He follows you around and watches your every move. Like he knows more about you than you know about yourself. He could read you. Yeah, literally, he could read you like a fucking book at this point. Yeah, and he does. Nando is Jimmy's Jiminy Cricket, and he never listened. Yes, to him. so true. <laughs> yeah, so I really, funny. I don't know civil wrongs. I guess because Frank is doing a fake civil rights thing. I guess do that's they drop where the, title... the title in the episode? I don't think not so. Not that I caught. Not one that I that I kept. They do. They do next episode and the finale. They drop the title and the previous one, but I guess they yeah. don't in this one. Sometimes they don't. Like the jailbird, the invalid, martyr. Like those are descriptors of people in the episode, but it's not like a line that gets dropped in the episode. Right. Yeah. Most of the, most of the time it is though. This was just a heavy fucking episode. It's like hard to t- like. It was a lot. This episode was a lot. Yeah, it was good though. It was, it was good. Yeah, no, I still really enjoyed it. I'm excited for next week. That all the Jimmy shit that goes down next week. We can order room service. I fucking love that episode. Oh my god, yeah. And the wedding, the wedding, the wedding, the wedding, the wedding, the wedding. Just like, and then like that getting set up for Frank's whole season four storyline, like starting to set that up in in episode twelve and and 
Oh my gosh. Oh, we get Ian's starting storyline at the end of uh, Ian's uh, little bipolar episode starting. He's like, guess what, guys? I think I mostly love the end of season three because it means the beginning of season four. And it's when. Yeah. Yeah. The beginning of season four when Cam is off doing season two of Gotham. That's why he's not there for the first six episodes. It it wasn't just that, he did the giver. He did. That was the year that that he did the giver. And then the story of him being like i just did the giver in south africa where he had like kind of the same hairstyle but the sides weren't shaved and so he like did the giver and he was like oh well like ian coming back like he's like kind of on this manic streak like he has i i would think he would have a new look he's working in the club so he like got that haircut and then he showed up to set and noel had the same haircut and noel had the same haircut <laughs> <laughs> I was, oh, and, I and he it. was like and he was like we didn't even communicate about it at all i walked in and, it, and i was just like what the hell is this i will say it absolutely looked better on noel sorry season four mickey is unmatched pretty soon we're gonna get to the episode that is our logo and that is fucking peak Speaking of our yes. logo, I don't know what we're gonna do i i feel like i have that episode and emily memorized like scene for scene yeah but speaking of our logo, you can get stickers of our logo if you DM us on Instagram. Evan will ship one out to you. I will send you a personalized note and give you a kiss. Evan wrote me a note and then he, he put a, a booger in it. I'm kidding. He didn't do that. Bye. <laughs> I will send you a cicada. <laughs> but yeah, if you DM us on Instagram, uh, Evan, what are they, five bucks? Uh, yeah, so depending on the sizes. So I have like a, a three inch circle, a two inch square, and then like mini one inch ones. Um, but I like to throw in a couple goodies. So it's like flatline $5. I'll you more than not. We'll get more than one. I promise. Yeah. <laughs> we have plenty of stickers. And that's mostly just to cover the shipping. Yeah, it's just to cover shipping because, uh, but yeah, it's but yeah. hit us up. DM us on Instagram, and our Instagram is luckwehadpod. Our Twitter is luckwehadpod. You can email us at luckwehadpod at gmail.com. And in the bio of our Twitter and our Instagram, you will find the links to our Ko-Fi and to our website and all the information you need about the show. Fellas, where can they follow you? You guys can find me on Instagram at iwantodie4000 at uh, unevent on TikTok because I found out my username was banned for some reason, so you could not find my username. Evan, we all know why it was banned. I know, we all know why it was banned. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, so my new TikTok is U-N-E-V-A-E-N-T and then you can find me on Twitter at Internet Life You. Where can they find you, Lena? They can find me on Instagram at Kojak, C-O-J-A-C-K-K and they can find me on Twitter at Durs Holmvik, but the L is an I, just like the character from Workaholics. How about you, Amanda? You can follow me at AbnormalAmanda on Instagram at AbnormalAmanda underscore 18. No, at AbnormalAmanda on Twitter, AbnormalAmanda underscore 18 on Instagram and on TikTok. Um, and you can actually also follow my other podcast Instagram. It's Skip to the Gay Parts. I just put out a new episode about Charlie Bradbury. Yes. 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 Uh, and yeah, you've, I mean, AbnormalAmanda underscore 18 on TikTok. I just got into my Shadowhunters rewatch. I'm very into it. And yeah, I'm almost at 25,000 followers, which is fucking That's wild. That's so exciting. That's yeah. insane. Specifically, if anybody listening to this podcast wants to come into my DMs with some Ian and Mickey thoughts, I've been on a streak lately. I've been I've been staying up into the wee hours of the night analyzing yes. and rewatching things. So, like, if anybody wants to hop into my DMs, specifically Twitter and Instagram and Tumblr, I do run I do run our Tumblr, the Luck We Had. It's, it's also called Luck We Had Pod. Um, at on Tumblr, I do run that. Nice. So 
yeah, yeah. message us on Tumblr or DM Lena or DM the show because Lena, we all have the login for the for the show's Instagram or yep. email. Like, just talk to us, guys. Fucking talk to us. We enjoy hearing from you. We have a group chat. We'll send your messages we to the group hear chat. It. We'll we send your messages to the group chat and we'll be like, oh my God, guys, let's talk about uh, this. I send the best shameless edit, so hit us up. Really <laughs> and like you said, we're going to post the shameless edit that goes with this episode. But that is all she wrote for this episode. I'm really excited that we're almost done season three. Woo! Oh my so God. Season it's, four. It's only been like 15 months of running this running this show and we've gotten through three full seasons what are we gonna do when we run out of show guys are we gonna pivot dude supernatural um, <laughs> oh my god no Wargolics. no <laughs> i'm telling you guys from the gay person's perspective we are like oh my god the homosexuality in this show <laughs> but we got we got eight more seasons of this of this show to get through so until next episode like we drop every two weeks until next episode Thank you all for listening. Thank you all for being here. It was wonderful talking to you two again. Yes, of Thank course. you so much. Always it was always wonderful to talk to you guys. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Goodbye. Bye. Goodbye.